I'm your host, Maria Maldonado-Smith, and this is Creating the Vision, a podcast about living the life you envisioned and leaning into your passions, power, and purpose. Each week, we'll hear from guests discussing their journey to living and creating the vision for their life. We'll talk all things vision imagery, goal setting, and accountability so that you feel empowered and inspired to take action, turning your plan into the life you've always dreamed of living. Welcome, visionary. I'm so glad you're here. Welcome, everyone, to this week's episode of Creating the Vision. I am with just a fascinating, sweet, amazing soul, (laughs) Beth Norcross. And we met through the Thought Leader Program Mm -hmm. and writing our TEDx talks and the application process and everything. You have recently given your TEDx talk. Yes, it was very exciting. All that that hard work paid off. Yes, that's awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, I I hope to join you and our other compadre soon, (laughs) who is in our little cohort. I know you will. Yes. But super exciting for you guys. And I know that one thing that throughout the process of just kind of getting to know each other and getting to know what our talks were about, I know your talk aligns with a lot of what you do in your in your career, your professional mm-hmm. world. And I think one of the reasons why I wanted to sit down and have this conversation is because when we create the vision for our life, typically we find some place or some some space, yeah, yeah some, some space, space. yeah, mm-hmm. that that where we feel aligned, we feel we feel centered. That whenever things get chaotic, whenever things get hectic, those things can bring us back to that center and that space or that place, whether it is through visualization or it's a physical space and place that we go to. So I want you to share just a little bit about what it is that you do because you talk so much and this is your and also your your professional you speak you write you you know you're you're an author now as well oh my goodness soon 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 to be be writing a book Mm -hmm. on spirituality but that combination with ecology as well and how we can kind of get to that divine mystery that place Mm -hmm. where we feel our, our our center and i think anytime we're talking about creating the vision for our life that's incredibly necessary. So I want to put it over to you, Beth Norcross. Welcome. I'm so excited to have you and take it away. Well, thank you so much for this opportunity. I've really been looking forward to it. I apologize in advance. There's a little cold going around here in D.C., so we'll see if we can get, get through this. I direct and, and started the Center for Spirituality and Nature. And what we do is we give people opportunities and resources that bring them back to the natural world to re- acquaint them with the natural world as a place of spiritual engagement and deepening, whatever that might mean to them. We have people from a variety of different Christian traditions, Muslims, Buddhists, and so forth. Every major religious tradition has some kind of an earth-centered foundation. So in terms of creating vision and having space for vision, of course, the, the natural world, and when I say natural world, I think of us as a part of it, although we so live outside of it now. So I think people know what I am talking about when I say nature. But that does open up a space for us to be, of course, it's quiet. We can push away some or allow to drift away a lot of the noise, the internal and external noise that we have on a day-to-day basis. It also brings us back to our first home. Mm -hmm. You know, we, it's not been too long since we were 
living closer, and more aware of our dependence on the natural world, on our day-to-day -day existence, getting our food and our water directly from Earth. And so now as we live apart from it, there's a, what some uh, scientists call an eco-anxiety that happens as we live apart. So as we come back into nature, there's a coming home, not only to our first home, but the first way that we were. And that travels with us in our DNA and in our traditions. And so we can go back into the natural world and really understand, perhaps for the first time, who we really are and how we fit in to the world around us. And so in creating, in creating vision, or it seems to me, at least my experience with the natural world, is that we are doing less creating of vision and more listening for the vision that is already there for us and for the earth, which is one of harmony and wholeness. And the natural world has so much wisdom and the TED talk and the upcoming, the TEDx talk and the upcoming book are both talking about the spiritual wisdom of trees. We evolved out of the earth. We share a lot of DNA common to many of the critters and creatures. 50% of our DNA is similar to that of a tree. That's so fascinating. These elders have been around for hundreds of millions of years, and they have a few things that they can teach us mm -hmm. as we move forward, as our our sense of where we are meant to be becomes more apparent to us. Yes. Ah, oh, that's so neat. How did you, I guess, happen into this or fall into this? What was your, what's your link to studying this and really building your life and career around this? Well, you know, you and I have talked many times that I had been around long enough to have had a lot of different careers, and I had no idea that they would somehow relate to each other here at this stage of my life. So I, I have a degree, a master's degree in forestry, and then spent a lot of time in the environmental community and got a little burnt out. So wanted to do something a little less political. So I moved into church work. Anybody who has been in the church knows that's a fool's errand. So I got some more theological training. Mm -hmm. And it was interesting that for a long time, my love of nature, which I've always had through camping and hiking and kayaking and skiing, was over here. And my sense of spirituality was in a different place. And when I went to theological school for my master's and doctor of ministry, it just was so apparent to me that these are interwoven, that nature and spirituality through my tradition, which is Christianity, but in every tradition, as I said a moment ago, are interwoven. The Bible, the Bible itself is full of references to understanding spirit through the natural world. And so coming out of that, I started toying around with different ways that I could serve and looked around and found that even in the faith community, but also in the environmental community, there was such a, an emphasis on action, which goodness knows we all need more action on behalf of the earth. Yeah. But it felt to me like something was missing, that there was a, 
a grounding, a foundational piece of our action with the earth that was missing. So I started the Center for Spirituality and Nature in hopes of bringing people back to this foundational, grounded way of understanding what I might call God and someone else might call mystery or divine or spirit that would then inform the way that we act in the world. Because so often even our good deeds are activated by our egos. Yes. And that's gotten into us a bit of a mess with the planet as well as many other uh, aspects of things that we worry about right now. So we go back into the natural world, we recenter ourselves, re-relate, re-engage with the natural world, and with that enlivening force that's so apparent there, regardless of the name uh, in which you call it, and it can guide us, it can give us a path forward for our lives and for our actions, and also, and I'd love to talk to you more about this, uh, give us a sense of inspiration for these challenging times yeah. to inspire us with its mm -hmm. resilience and adaptivity. Mm -hmm. So there's so much out there waiting for us, particularly now, particularly now. Mm -hmm. Well, and let's talk about that because one of the things you said earlier that, that really fascinates me and always keeps me, you, you said that that nature, and I'm paraphrasing, but you said, you know, like, we, we, it's where we can find our place in the world, or when we're wondering or thinking about mm -hmm. our place in the world. And I think, I think right now, in these challenging times, in, in so much of what's going on globally, I mean, geopolitically, climate change, global, you know, global warming, just the earth, you know, environmentally, there's so many, I, I sometimes will lie awake at night thinking, yeah. there are still people in this world who can't get clean running water yes. and that that absolutely overwhelms Billions. me yes yeah. yes and and I so then I start to ponder and question you know my place in the world like how did I end up in this spot you know in this life and in this way mm -hmm. and then how do I then use that to for good how do I then take this life that I've been given and say okay I'm going to go forward and I'm going to do this. So that's my kind of process of how I then create the vision. It's how I then find that purpose, lean back into that why mm -hmm. of why I'm doing what I'm doing. And it's how I find, become recentered. But in these challenging times, I would love for you to talk to <laughs> that because how, how, where do we begin? Where do we, where do we go? <laughs> well, and maybe that's a loaded question. Yeah. But <laughs> I mean, it's... There's so much, of course, to, to cover in that. And for those of us who have the opportunity, and I, I just want to be clear before I answer that, that I know that to go out for a walk in the woods is a privilege. And it is not one that many, many people in many, many areas of the world, and we could name them, goodness knows right yeah. now we could name them, mm -hmm. don't have that opportunity. Right. And my, my hope is that the natural world still is providing some comfort to those who are in war-torn areas who are looking for the next mm. meal and the, the next glass of water. So I, I don't want to minimize that. Right. For those of us who do have this opportunity, there are many, many examples in the natural world. I'll, I'll start with trees because I've been thinking a lot about yeah. trees recently, of ways that they can... Uh, inspire us and 
guide us and comfort us. So, for example, I, I was walking the other day and I saw a tree that had grown sideways and then down and then back up again as it was looking for the light. What a tree can do is adapt. There was something happened in that tree's life to cause it to have to only grow sideways. And we all know there have been times in our lives where we can't grow very much. Sometimes it's all we can do is to stay the course and stay alive. And then there are times that we have to dip down, times that are dark and difficult. Yes. And then other times when the light is more apparent, however you might define that, Mm. to move upward toward the light. So one of the things that I personally would take from that tree is ask the questions, what, what do I, we as a community, have to do to adapt to these times? What's my role in adapting? The other thing that I learned from that tree is that the trees don't fight the things that they need to do to move toward the light, to get nourishment. They don't fight it. They don't struggle with it. They don't ponder it. They don't think about it over and over again. Goodness sakes, why am I I in this? Right. They just just... grow in whatever way they can. Again, always searching for the light. Another thing that I might take from that tree is to consider resilience and how in the the midst of the challenges that it faced, how resilient it was, inspiring me to be resilient as well during whatever times that I or my community or my family might be might be going through. So those are the kinds of things, guidance, comfort, resilience, and hope. You know, if we think about if we'd run across that tree earlier in life, how it would be pointed down, and we would think, gosh, you know, it's probably going to die soon. Whoosh, up it goes. So there are many, many lessons that then we can take from the natural world. And I might add also, I've taken a number of groups out, grief groups, people who are really hurting, the most horrible things having happened to them, and taking it into nature and grieving with nature and lamenting with nature. Yes. So important for these times in particular. So those are just a couple of examples. I love that. That's such a powerful analogy because immediately I started going there with you as you're walking through those steps of, or not even the steps, but just the, 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 the thought process that mm-hmm. we would go through in those same kinds of situations where, right, sometimes we just need to be and to listen. Yeah. And we actually do more. It, it reminded me of something that I was always told growing up was, you know, not to speed through things because sometimes you have to slow down and really take a look at what's going on around you so that then you can speed back up to the to you know to, to that level or that you know mile per hour that you're trying to achieve in order to stay mm-hmm. you know consistent or reach your goal but that if you're always traveling at that speed well then you're not seeing anything around you and it was just 
Yeah, something that I think always kind of stuck with me when I was growing up from like a coaching and mentoring mm-hmm. standpoint. I used to have a teacher who would tell me that, not to rush through. <laughs> you know, don't rush through your music. You know, sing through it, sing yeah. with it, be in it. Love Instead that. of just, you know, trying to get to the end, be in that, be in that moment. And that's something I think in our world, as crazy as it is, and, and crazy from a lot of different aspects, crazy mm-hmm. busy, crazy hectic, overwhelming, you know, we, we, we are all balancing so much. I was doing a workshop a, a few weeks ago, and we were talking about how, you know, overwhelm, stress, fatigue, insomnia, they're all at record, you know, highs. Mm-hmm. We are, you know, depression is increasing in people. And, and, and post-pandemic, I would have thought we would have come through this. Yeah. I thought the pandemic would have taught us a lot of things about how we should live our life. I slowed down a ton during the pandemic. I really took time to reflect. I took time to write and to think and to get recentered. But one thing, and we've talked about this, and I think kind of to head in that direction is, what if you're not acquainted with this process or not even the process, but what if you're someone who has just never found, and I don't want to say never found solace because I think that we have to be open to that. Mm-hmm. And I think we have to put ourselves in those situations. But a lot of the space in which I reside in are people who are very goal oriented. You know, So when I get someone who comes to me and says, I don't even know where to begin, I love that because that's my favorite. <laughs> You're my favorite. <laughs> Let me help you. <laughs> Let me, exactly, yes. <laughs> Let me show you all of the things. Let me enlighten you. Let me teach you so many things just pour into you in that way. So when it comes to our spirituality and these walks in nature and, and, and building it around our world, but our nature, our natural mm-hmm. world, what is your recommendation to people who are like, I have no clue, I don't even know where to begin? Well, I think that, as I said before, there are those who need to be reacquainted with the natural world and then those who need to be acquainted with it. And, you know, I have family members with whom, for whom nature is not their first place of, that might have been because their mom took them out (laughs) maybe one too many times out into the cold and stuck them in a tent. But I think there are a number of ways to approach this. And I think as a way of getting started, go for a walk. Whether you live in an urban area or a suburban area or a wilderness. There was a professor friend of mine who used to do sidewalk safaris in the streets of Milwaukee. Oh, cool. There's something growing. And even watching a plant come out of a sidewalk is something, isn't it? That plant is saying, uh-huh. you know what, concrete? You're not getting the best yeah. of me. That is cool. Because, that is fascinating. You know, I've always wondered that. <laughs> so the thing that I would suggest we, we do, take a deep breath, of course. Even if you have five minutes, I think everybody has five minutes. Five, five minutes less on Facebook. Yeah, <laughs> That's the challenge. Yeah. And then pick a sense. Not... Use all your senses at the same time because we're toggling. As we do so ma- in so many ways, we're toggling back and forth. We're doing sight, hearing, smell. Pick a sense, whatever it might be, and just pay attention to what's around you for five minutes with that sense. We do some programs at the center where we pilgrimage to our own backyards. There's an awful lot going on yeah. in our yards mm-hmm. and in our local parks. 
if we choose to look. Mm-hmm. And I'll just do a little, a little pitch for this. But on our national parks, we, we go to our national parks because they're big and grand and wonderful, grand and wonderful. And they're awesome and, and we study and we go to na- nature talks and so forth. What if we took that same curiosity, that same openness to our own backyards? Mm-hmm. So five minutes with one sense. Close your eyes and just listen. Close your ears. Mm-hmm. What do you see? Oh, I love this. Smell. Mm-hmm. Touch. And taste, if you're sure of what you're <laughs> right. tasting. I always, yeah. always want to be clear about that. Another idea in your own backyard, again, mm-hmm. draw a circle, an imaginary circle, one yard wide, three feet wide. Sit down, five minutes, what's going on? I do this all the time, Maria, with people. They're like, oh, my, there's nothing, there's no, oh, what's that? There's really, oh, my goodness, what's that ant doing? Goodness gracious, that ant is carrying something five times its weight. There's so much yes. delight right. and wonder uh, and awe. Yeah. And every study that you'll read suggests that time in nature can be very healing. Psychologists and psychiatrists are putting it on their RX pads, their prescription pads, mm-hmm. go out into nature. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, again, it's as close as just stepping out your door. Mm-hmm. I'll share one story. I was doing a talk at a church once, and a woman came up to me afterwards and said, I would love to spend time in nature. I've got three kids. I've got a busy job. Tell me when this sounds familiar. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> a busy job yeah. and a long commute. I, there is, I am going from pre-dawn to post-sunset. And she said, the only time I see any outdoors is when I look out my window when I'm driving and I can see, I can see the sky. I can Mm. see the sky. And so she began to use her commuting time, especially when she was stuck without movement, to look at clouds, to look at the sky. It's so convenient. It's so accessible if we just open ourselves a little bit. Mm I I do the same on planes. I love to sit by the window. That's why I always request it because I am a look out the window, see everything that's going on, just the clouds going through the clouds, flying above the clouds. To me, it's incredibly soothing and fascinating. It's also a little bit of a control thing because I can see what's down below, you know, or I can at least kind of see out. But I've always... I've always been in awe of being in the sky and seeing things from that perspective. I think it offers me that a little perspective. And I also find that when I fly, it's that quiet time where even though you can hop on Wi-Fi, which I do eventually, but I'll just spend the first 10, 15 minutes of the flight without any interruption, mm-hmm. just sitting there, th- looking out the window, thinking. Yeah. I, I don't have my phone. I don't have, you know, I mean, it, it's on airplane mode. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, and it allows me time to just mm-hmm. reflect and yeah. to think. 
I think about my dad who passed away. I think about my grandmother who passed away. I think about, you know, family members that I never got the chance to meet. In in so many ways, it reconnects me with, Mm -hmm. because I'm up in, you know, the sky, which I think is where we, you know, where we all look, right? We all look to, (laughs) to, to that from, I grew up in the Catholic Church, you know, very, you know, so rooted in faith and Christianity. And so for me, it's a comfort. It's that comfort. And of course, I'm inside of a, you know, a tin, <laughs> a tin can, but at the same time, it, it does offer a little bit of that, that peace. But then I think down on earth, the beach is that place for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think there are, each of us has, you know, that mm-hmm. place. And I, you mentioned, you know, some important losses that you've had. Mm-hmm. And it, nature, again, as I mentioned earlier, it can be a place that can be very comforting and yes, there are first steps that people can take. Of course, we have some publications and lots of classes that people, mm-hmm. if people want to go a little farther with this, yeah. and some spiritual practices on our website. But one of the things that, especially if people have had a recent loss that I like to do, is to go out into the forest and find a large fallen log. So this tree is, for all intents and purposes, dead. And I'll put that in quotes because... When you look and you ask the person to say what's going on with this tree, and he or she will find moss on that Mm -hmm. tree, lichen on that tree, perhaps a sapling Mm -hmm. on that tree, and will open the bark a little bit and find that there are thousands of little insects that are feeding on that tree. That tree in forest Forester language is called yeah. a nurse log. Okay. And, and I love that concept. Yeah. And it's very comforting to people who have had loss because they know, as I'm sure you did with your dad, grandparents, that they are not gone, mm-hmm. that they continue to enliven you and your children. And this tree is such a visible reminder of that. And ultimately, that tree will decay. And sometimes, if there's a tree that grows over that dead tree, the tree will disappear, but the, but this new tree will have a void. And they call those ghost trees. Look around in the forest, you'll oh, see them. Okay. These that seem to be floating on air. It's because something that's no longer visible held them up. Oh, wow but are still present in the form Mm -hmm. that the tree has taken. And so what is death actually? Because as the tree dissolves, it becomes part of the soil, which of course will feed new life Mm -hmm. and will be the source of new trees. So is there any finality really in the natural world for us in death even? Mm So I wanted to mention that because yeah. it's a, yeah. it's been a, a source of great comfort to people mm-hmm. I think who have lost, and and understand sure. so viscerally that these people are not visible to us anymore, but right. still extraordinarily present. Yes, 
Yeah. Well, and I think in spirituality in, in general, that's what we're called, you know, as Christians is to believe that because just because we can't see it doesn't mean mm-hmm. that we don't feel it. We don't have that being around us, you know, mm-hmm. that, that we can still feel through our prayer, through our reflection, our meditation, our, I, I yeah, I think I often mm-hmm. make those requests that <laughs> I know I can't see you, but, you know. Yeah. Make me feel that you're here, you know, make me. And I, th- and I think being grounded in that alongside being very focused on what it is that I'm working to achieve helps me kind of create some semblance of balance that I, because I, I can very much get, get way focused on just the end goal and, and getting there and, and achieving that goal that I sometimes miss the forest for the trees. For the trees. <laughs> <laughs> so I just throw that in there. But it's it, and and so when I we 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 know we've talked about this, but for me the beach is that place where then mm-hmm. I bring it all back together to say, okay, you, you're you're so focused that you're kind of missing everything that's going on mm-hmm. around you. It's time for you to get back to to that that place. I think time and nature both orients you and disorients you. And by that, it orients you to your true place. Uh, But it also is very disorienting because it challenges the world in which we normally live. Mm -hmm. It challenges the goals. It challenges the the Mm human-centric or, you know, or the orientation that we have. We can see more clearly when we are reflective in the natural world, our place. And we are only a part of this web. And in in my personal theology, this force that enlivens all challenges us to see the the beauty and the value Mm -hmm. in the non-human and challenges us uh, to regain our place, important place, but our place in a, in a great interconnected web and challenges us not to get so big for our britches mm-hmm. and orients us less about what it is that we want in, in terms of, yes. of your work, what we want and what, what we desire, but what the community wants and desires. And I don't mean that in a sacrificial kind of way, giving ourselves to it is just understanding how our place relates to your place relates to the trees, the salamander, the ant, how we are woven, how our places are woven together. And ultimately, I think much of our anxiety, not all of it, of course, much of our anxiety comes, and we know this from children who have been indulged, because we have been allowed to get too big for our britches. Mm And as we reorient ourselves and get smaller, mm-hmm. and I don't mean that in a, in a way that demeans us, right. but as we find Not our place... Not a dimming of your light, but... No, uh, yep. as we find Just our place weekend. again, then we can put down a number of those anxieties and say, look, this is just, this is just me being a part of all mm-hmm. of this, yes. and I'm enough. Mm-hmm. I'm enough in the midst of all this. Mm-hmm. And I'll say one more thing. I, you've got me on a roll now. Yeah. One of the things that I, that I love about the natural world is that 
there's no element it oh it, there, there's no element that tries to be anything more than it is mm-hmm. and red oak that tries to be a white oak there <laughs> there's mm-hmm. no sycamore that tries to be a cherry they just are And they're satisfied with that, as opposed to humans who are grasping and and striving and trying to to be all the accumulated stuff that people have put Mm -hmm. on us and society puts on us. Mm -hmm. But the red oak just gets to be a red oak. And so when we're in the natural world, it frees us to say, what am I meant to be? And what am I meant not to be? Yes. What can I put down? Mm-hmm. In trees have a wonderful thing that they do called self-pruning. And as they grow, they drop a lot of their branches that are lower down because they no longer feed them and they no longer provide energy and they no longer give them life. So wow. they drop them. Wow. What are the places and the people and the expectations Yep that we need to self-prune if we're going to find our way mm-hmm. to what we are meant to be. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I, I see this so much in the space that I work in where we're really trying to accomplish a goal for the goal's sake. And it's really trying to help people understand, but why? And sometimes we have to, we continue peeling back, you know, that, that, that la- those layers to say, but why? But why? But yeah. why? But I have to do that for myself too, because, and that's where that's where I get realigned and recentered. You know, when I'm when I'm staring out, and I, I love walking as well. I mean, I walk a lot. It's become my it's become my 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 mode of working out these days. It's just yeah. taking really long walks, which I enjoy. But but to your point, I do start to. I, I calm down. I start to realize that I don't have to accomplish everything all at once. Just take mm-hmm. take it day by day. Take those baby steps. But I think something that you know what you were talking about and referring to, so many analogies and parallels to our everyday life. Because how often have we held on to baggage and resentments and and past mistakes? I mean, I know I'm. I'm, I'm very good at that, yeah. <laughs> you know. Times when I, you know, f- failed or been rejected, like I, we hold on to that, and it's almost like we need to be more like those trees. We just—they're not serving us any purpose. They're not serving us anything. We have to let that go. And at the same time, the other thing you said that really struck me was you said, you know, the red oak just tries to be the red oak. And I think so often in our culture and our society, and especially with young women. I have an almost 16-year-old daughter, and I see that it just permeates that culture of you have to be like this person, or we have to be emulating or trying to achieve a particular look or persona or whatever that may be, when really we just have to be the red oak. The red oak. The best darn red be oak. Us. Yes. We can be. We can be. Yes. And accept mm-hmm. when there are challenges. Yes. And accept when mm-hmm. there's t- it's time to adapt. Yeah. Accept when it's time to be resilient. Yeah. Yes. And and I think if we if we kept those analogies at the forefront of our of our minds sometimes, it would help us realize that you know, we are enough and that just by being ourselves 
We're, we're fulfilling our purpose. Mm-hmm. We're doing what we're supposed to be. We're, we're doing and being enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I love that message. Yeah. So I, I do want to shift gears just um, a little bit and talk about the TEDx mm-hmm. and that experience for you. Because similarly to how I feel nature helps us regain our focus on creating that vision, I know that this was something that you were, had worked towards. You had created your own vision <laughs> to see this through <laughs> and, and, and to get to the TEDx stage. So if you would talk a little bit about about that and getting there and also – Maybe when and where we can find your talk. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. It was a it was a real honor to be on the TEDx stage, and I'll give a shout out to our organizer Tanya Diamond, who put on such a good presentation for us and covered, trained us and and gave it and put us through our talk practices and organized this in such a splendid way. So a, a shout out to TEDx Woodenville is the name of the TEDx. And I spoke about the spiritual wisdom of trees. And I think for me, it was, you know, it's so hard. I'd I'd like to say that it was all about trying to get this message out. Mm -hmm. And I think it was largely so. Of course, there was some ego involved. I, you know, I wanted to, to do this. But I think at this stage of life, it was more, it really was more of a, I think the message of, Mm -hmm. of what is, What's out there in nature for us is so important that I, I really mm-hmm. wanted to get that out. We hope that it'll be out in January or February, but there are no guarantees. It's, um, as you know, these are recorded, and then they go through the, the big TED, and, <laughs> and they put them up on their YouTube channel when, they're, when they can get to them. So, But it was, a, it was a wonderful experience. The presenters, who the 19 other presenters were wonderful comrades uh, and we enjoyed so being with each other and then this particular one they're usually as you know 12 to 18 minutes Mm -hmm. but these were nine minute short takes and so it was really difficult for me as you can tell I'd like to talk around things to get it to really hone the message down to Mm -hmm. to nine minutes but boy I'm so excited to see hear how how things go when it comes out and get it around to as many people as possible. I would encourage anyone who wants to do this to to take the plunge. There are many, many TEDx's all over the world. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and I, I'm yes. waiting for yours. To I know. <laughs> I'm <laughs> we're, right, we're right behind you, Maria. Yeah. Yes. Oh, um, uh, yes. And 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 then also authoring a book. Right. Yes. Um, we're really proud and pleased that Broadleaf Books has decided to publish my colleague and my book. Leah Rampey is my colleague. It will be on the spiritual wisdom of trees. It'll be coming out in spring of 2025. So I'm desperately writing away. And I will admit that I'm spending a lot of time with the trees and reading about the trees. And such a, really, again, such an honor and a privilege to be doing this work with my friend Leah Rampey, who's a wonderful spiritual leader in her own right has a new book coming out, Earth and Soul, I think the name is it, of it is. So, and just having to write and articulate this has clarified my thinking. You've written and mm-hmm. you know, so it, it really helps you go deep and mm-hmm. have to be very precise with your language and your message. So mm-hmm. I appreciate that, that shout out, the 
folks at Broadleaf have really been wonderful. Yes. Yeah. I can't wait to read it. Yeah. I just You definitely opened me up to a different way of looking at nature. Oh, good. Because I, uh, I definitely take it for granted. Yeah. I definitely take, take it for granted. And I try to be as environmentally conscious and friendly as I can. I'm very well aware of the environmental implications that overconsumption is doing to our environment and our world. And that then has a direct impact on our ability to enjoy nature yeah. and our ability to, you know, to go out and experience those things. And you see it with, you know, I live in South Florida with hurricanes. Yeah. You see it with wildfires in the it's West. It's real. You see, yes. It's very real. And so in those moments, it really causes me to pause and take a step back and yeah. to see what is it that I'm particularly doing or not doing right. to be a part of this in, in, in a positive way. And well, I think that's a really important. I'm, I'm awfully glad that we got to this as we mm-hmm. were closing because yeah. this spiritual journey into nature is far more than just a, a navel-gazing. Right. And it's, it's far more... It's about more than who we are. So I've seen this time and time again. We've, our center's been open almost 10 years now. And as people come back into the natural world, they see it sometimes for the first time or the first time in a long while. Mm-hmm. And to see it then is to fall back in love with it. And as we do, and, and again, I've seen this, people start making, we started making adjustments to our lives and our lifestyles because we, we want to honor this relationship. And we can see for the first time, for example, in our neighborhood, the houses are getting bigger and bigger. And this allows, this prohibits the surrounding areas from absorbing floodwaters. And so we can see trees that are now hanging on the sides of streams because the stream beds have been eroded. That's because of our larger and larger houses, which I I have my own sense of guilt around. So as we fall back in love with with trees or with the beach or with Mm -hmm. the mountains or the desert or whatever it is, we see our place and we we want to do better. Mm -hmm. And that's a very different place to start than we should do better. Mm -hmm. We want to do better. Because if I'm in relationship with you or a relationship with my children or grandchildren, I don't want to harm them. I don't want to do anything. I want to make their lives or be as full and healthy as possible. The same happens in the natural world. I've seen it in my life, you know, electric cars and solar panels and, you know, native plants. And I've seen it time and again with our participants. It's dangerous out there. You might have to adjust your lifestyle. <laughs> yes, no, and, f- yes, and feel yes. and feel right about mm-hmm. it. You yes, mm-hmm. it, it, the the thing for me is, and I think it's always been a big one. I guess, but ever since I was a kid, like pollution has always really frustrated me. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like it's one of those things. Littering has is is one of my biggest pet peeves. Like you know, put it in the trash, but more so than that, recycle it. You know, mm-hmm. make sure that it's going into a recycle bin. And, and when we go to the beach, I think it's probably one of the things that can start to, I think you mentioned earlier, disorient me from yes. that experience when I look down and I see a bottle or I see a wrapper or I see yeah. something and I think, oh, my God. 
trash. Like, what are you doing to this place? Like, this this is supposed to be for us to, you know, to enjoy, but we have to respect that it's here, and we need to leave it. You know, my, my mother always taught me, leave something better than you found it. So I, I, I think when I go into nature, when I go... When we are, you know, when we're in the mountains or we're at the beach, for me it is what can I do to leave this place better than, you know, than I found it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, yeah. And I think that's a lot of my my goal setting space as well mm-hmm. is I just, I want to, I know my why and I know why I'm doing what I'm doing. And that message is because I want it to be better for the next generation. Yeah. I want them, you know, to grow up feeling very very centered with their goals, mm-hmm. very centered with what it is they want to accomplish in their life, but more so than that, centered with why they're doing it, because they're fulfilling who they were meant to be and who they were, you know, who they were born to be. So there's there's a lot of there's a lot of parallels between mm-hmm. that space and nature. Yeah. And it's fascinating because I don't think I ever made this connection <laughs> oh, until you and I started talking. Oh, I'm sorry we don't have more time to talk yes. this afternoon. No, I know, this. I know. But this has been fantastic. So a couple, one last question before yeah. I before I let people know where they can find you and yeah. where you can share that. I always ask all my guests, there's a part of my process is a, a do the dang goal. Like what is the thing that you're like, I just, I need to get that done. And maybe... Maybe you've already accomplished it. I don't know. But is there another one? Because I would say the TEDx might be one of those. Maybe the book is one of your do the dang goals. Is there another do the dang goal that you are working towards accomplishing? Well, it's we've had a few of those this year. So it's... <laughs> I know. You crushed them. Yes, yes. <laughs> we have uh, certainly wanted to do the TEDx. And that's... And, and the book, of course. I don't... I have to say, in all honesty, I'm going to take a breath. <laughs> and and see what what is it do the dangle do the dangle yep do the dangle yes um, and see what emerges okay uh, from yes. from the writing mm-hmm. from the times we're already starting to get some mm-hmm. some talks offers and some retreat leading and things like that so I think that uh, generally what I'd like to do is do um, a great deal of public speaking. I think this is a por- an important message. So the form that takes, we'll I see. I agree. It's a fair, yeah. Yes. I love your message. Yeah. I do think you... So if that's do the dang goal is to get more speaking engagements. I love it. I love yeah. it. Okay, so where can people find you? Well, our website is spiritualityinnature.org. And my contact information is there. Okay. Easy to find. Mm-hmm. And I'm just such an honor and such a pleasure to be with you today yes. and it's interesting you. how your work and and my work have kind of merged and integrated and yes. how many overlaps there are mm-hmm. so i wish you the best of luck as well Thank you're doing you. important work in the world and i want people to find you as well oh well yeah. likewise i think this is so yes i'm, I'm gonna eventually we're gonna get the whole family up and we're gonna yeah. we're gonna have you take us on a walk <laughs> in nature because i I, yes, that, that is that is going to become one of my do the dang goals <laughs> is to go. make sure that that happens. Good, so. good. But thank you so, so oh, much. Thank you. Thank you for the for, opportunity. Yes. Yeah. Thank you for this discussion. I think it's definitely necessary. And I think especially for anyone who maybe is, is, is feeling lost or feeling yeah. like 
we're, 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 you know, the holidays are coming. We're upon a new year. There's a lot of emotions this time of year. There's a lot of heaviness, a lot of feels, a lot of thoughts, memories creep up. But it's just the holidays can be a very happy time. They can also be a very sad time for a lot of people. And so mm-hmm. I think in paying respect to that, my hope is that when they listen to this this episode with you and I, that that it, it might charge them into action to say, maybe I need to just step outside my front door and take a deep breath. And And I might add just very quickly, the holiday season is fraught, as we know. And those are human traditions. Those are human creations. Mm -hmm. And I have yet to see any uh, evidence that anything out in the natural world is celebrating anything, that they have their families and they do have families around them all the time Mm -hmm. that they're aware of and appreciate in their own ways. Oh, I love that. And so this is all human stuff, and it's messy and Mm -hmm. wonderful and terrible (laughs) and all of that. (laughs) Right. But the natural world, you can step outside of that or into that Mm -hmm. and, and find peace and solace and a real grounding that is far beyond anything that we humans could have constructed. I think that is a perfect way to close out. <laughs> oh my gosh, you just put the bow on top. That was perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you. Beth Norcross. Thank you so much thank you, for being my guest this week. It's been and my pleasure. Yes. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And everyone, go go visit the spiritualityandnature.org. Mm-hmm. And as soon as your TEDx talk, talk drops and the book, I will be the first to, to push that out there and support oh, I you. I really appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode. It would mean the world to me if you could leave a rating and review of the show and subscribe on your favorite app. You can also find us on our YouTube channel, Creating Visionaries. If there is something that stuck out to you in this conversation, send me a message on Instagram to let me know. Until next time, keep creating the vision for your life.